0: Thanks for tuning in to the Auburn Business Ventures Goldmine Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Monroe. I'm here to extract and present the stories of local business owners and entrepreneurs. Our guest on the show today is Jennifer Butler, who is a certified youth life coach. She helps her clients visualize their true self, define their core values, and move beyond the outdated personal scripts and negative lens that they view their life through. I hope you enjoyed the show. Jennifer Butler, yes. life coach. Yes. So glad to meet you.
1: Nice to meet you too. Yes, finally. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, you're the first guest on the show that we haven't met prior to recording, so this is actually kind of neat. I feel kind of like Joe Rogan. <laughs> you know, like bring people to me and we meet. Yes. Um, so that's awesome. And I, th- what I remember from our previous conversations is that um, I- in your life coaching business um, you te- you are you more focused on youth
1: yes I am okay mm-hmm.
0: so go ahead and tell me about your story Where okay like how you maybe got involved oh, with gosh. this and, okay and because um, we have about an hour to talk so, yeah yeah
1: so my story really begins when I myself was a teenager mm. and trying to figure out what it is that I wanted to do with the rest of my life and roundabout way I didn't want to go to college I had a big interest in massage therapy, so I actually Mm. went to massage school, got my training in that. I spent a couple of months trying to find a job as a massage therapist because I wasn't ready to start a business. right? And that just didn't happen. (laughs) You didn't find the job right away. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't find something that was right for me at the time. And so I had a friend that was like, hey, Jen, you like kids? Come work with me. I work at this group home. Mm. So I was like, sure. Right. Why not? I'll take the job. <laughs> I'll take the job. Yeah. So I started working at a group home in this specific group home. Um, and do you know anything about group, the group home system, foster systems, um, anything like that? Very little. Very little. So yeah. they have a level rating system, and it goes in California, it's one to 14. So like one to seven or eight is still considered like foster home okay. care. And it just kind of how many kids are in the house. Okay. And then beyond that, you're looking at level like 10, 12, 13, 14. These are like the group homes where like there's a bunch of kids in one house. There's staff awake all the time. It's, it's like a, a more complex operation. Very much so. So the higher the number, the more complex the
0: operation is and all the moving parts and pieces.
1: Right. And there's more behaviors that are coming from the kids. So right. this is where you hear about like, we just had that story out in, what was it, um, Missouri or something. There was mm-hmm. a young boy who was killed in a group home while he was being restrained. That's kind of the setting that I was working in. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: high, intense. High, yes. High intensity. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. So this group home was a level 14 and it's considered a subacute psychiatric care facility. So <laughs> what that means is that it is just a step below a locked setting. So we actually had a lot of kids mm-hmm. that were coming out of juvenile hall right, okay. or coming out of a locked hospital psychiatric setting where they're receiving intense psychotherapy and then this is kind of a step down to get them back into a, like a normal day-to-day thing so that they can either go home right. or to a lower level. It's it's um
0: it eases them in down into lower levels.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. it 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 gives them structure to be able to manage their own behaviors mm-hmm. without having to be heavily medicated or locked in a cell
0: right like let's not use those extreme measures right if at all possible yeah. yeah so
1: this is what I started doing when I was 19 years old Wow, I started working there and I was working with kids that were anywhere between the age of 12 and 18 hmm which is a little strange when you're 19 and you're like in charge of a 17 year old mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: so yeah but at the same time if you're coming off as a peer coach or uh, like, I don't know how to explain that, like an older sibling or, or some somebody who's just there to help, I would I could see it working out.
1: It does work. And that was one of the biggest things I think why I did so well is I, I come into an approach life kind of like, I am not going to BS you. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you the truth all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to manipulate you. We're going to talk about it and we're going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And then we'll move forward. And that really worked with that population of kids because they're not used to that. They're not used to adults they're being only, honest it, and open.
0: Right. Um, they, maybe it's do they feel like they're kind of constantly being manipulated or they kind of have to feel like on high alert at all times and, and be very defensive.
1: Very, very defensive. And when you're talking about the lives that these kids have led... It is absolutely amazing mm-hmm. what they have gone through mm-hmm. and the, and the stories that they have, um, and not only is it that their like defenses are up, it's that they have either had zero control in their life mm-hmm. or all of the control in their life,
0: mm-hmm. which neither is a, a healthy
1: balance. Right. Yeah. Right. So and so doing that work really got me interested in one mental health mm-hmm. psychology, and that I really, really, really love teenagers. Like, Mm. they're just such a fun, exciting time for me to work with them. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say the same thing about young children. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, like, two to five. Right, like, I might
0: say that about my toddlers.
1: Right, yeah, it's so much fun. You're Mm -hmm. watching them. They're, They're learning everything for the very first time, and it's so exciting for them. Right, but teenagers are, like,
0: super capable Um. You know, even like compared like because like a toddler, you might be impressed like, wow, they're really smart. They're very capable. Mm-hmm. But then you take a teenager and like they get a bad rap because all oh, they're troublemakers, yada, yada. Right. But really, they're super capable. And like you could have an 18 year old that's makes like there's like 18 year olds out there that like build businesses. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Like I never wouldn't had did not have the tools or capacity <laughs> for either. that when I was 18. <laughs> I you know? didn't
1: either. So. That being said I just I really find that I love that time there's this great exploration of the self that is happening in these teen years Mm -hmm. and the expansion of their knowledge of social awareness and social behaviors and social interaction. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just really really fascinating for me. So doing that job i worked at that specific group home for um on and off for about 10 years Mm -hmm. and during that time i went to sierra college i got my associate's degree in psychology Mm -hmm. transferred to uc davis got my bachelor's degree in psychology with every intention of getting my uh, clinical phd Mm -hmm. in psychology and that didn't happen (laughs) sure well i mean sometimes the path deviates <laughs> the path definitely deviated and um, I didn't have a backup plan at that point so I was you know I was sitting at home with my now husband mm-hmm. who had gone on this journey with me and I said okay now what we're not moving out of state when not, I'm not going to graduate school like mm-hmm. I'm 31 years old what mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and he we said well, let's get married
0: or you like, uh, sure
1: and I was like yeah that <laughs> yeah. that's how that's how we got engaged was <laughs> we were, right. were like what next <laughs> and he's awesome. like let's get married and so Eight months later we got married a year later we had our first child mm-hmm. um and then a year later we're expecting our second child and i'm going oh gosh what am i gonna do mm-hmm. like what am i gonna do for the rest of my life after after this kid comes out mm-hmm. and i have to figure it out mm-hmm. uh because i'm not a very good stay-at-home mom some uh, props right. to the stay-at-home moms because that is not me that it's is a real not, job it is a real it's job a real and it job. is all the time uh so i started to do a lot of self-reflection during this time and mm-hmm. and i'm 37 now and i started this journey at 35
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i remembered that i had a friend back when i was like 23 mm-hmm. she's like i just saw a life coach jen you would be an awesome life coach have you ever thought about that And i was mm-hmm. like no. no i'm not gonna do that
0: yeah and by the <laughs> way what's a life coach? right, right room, yeah.
1: exactly <laughs> so uh I started really thinking about what are the things that I love doing Mm -hmm. I love working with teenagers it's a great place to start yeah exactly exactly if you're gonna plan on doing something that you want to do for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. then find something that you actually like doing that's a big big thing so I was thinking about how much I loved working with teenagers Mm -hmm. but I never wanted to work in another group home again I didn't want to become a teacher cuz I didn't really felt like that was a good use of my skills Mm -hmm. I didn't want to have to go get my master's degree because I didn't want another 60 to 80 thousand dollars of school debt right and then it popped into my head life coach life coach okay I'll look into this and so I started researching programs and then I came up on the program that I that I went to which is youth coaching association no YCI youth coaching institute okay yeah I always get it messed up. No, you got it. Yeah. That checks out. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, And this program was developed by um, a, a woman named Dr. Leah Mazzola. She lives in Texas and she has her PhD in forensic psychology and thought that she wanted to go into probation or somehow and work with kids because that was her passion working with teenagers that are at risk or Mm -hmm. already involved in the juvenile justice system and helping them to move out of that system and and be functional people in society right she tried it she hated it Mm. she went through her own coach program and then in that process developed a brand new coaching program that's specifically designed towards coaching youth Mm-hmm. specifically youth that are at a disadvantage or at risk or have involvement with juvenile justice system. And I saw that and I was like, oh, how did this happen? This is exactly what I want to do in life. Right. right. Um, so I jumped on it. I took the program. Um, that was a six month long program nice. at, the, at the end of that. I started doing my own coaching and this is just last September. Mm-hmm. So September of 2019 was when I really started working and running my own business
0: right. So it's still pretty fresh. Oh,
1: it's very fresh it's still exciting it is it's always exciting yeah. um, well, and I mean, it's
0: it's the there's always that stage before everything really takes off to where you you're looking at the vision of
1: it mm-hmm. um, Well, and the vision has changed like yeah. so many so many times mm-hmm. and I because I was really when I first started I was like, okay, I'm gonna focus on working, you know, with high school kids mm-hmm. and kids transitioning into college and really focusing on that
2: mm-hmm. area
1: and it's kind of changed from that. Like I am working with much younger
2: mm-hmm.
1: kids than I thought I was going to. My youngest client was 11 when we first started working wow. together. And I also have a lot of passion for working with parents who are struggling with raising their teenagers.
2: Mm.
1: So and like podcasting and I had a radio show for a little bit, and that Mm -hmm. was really fun. And I'm working on an ebook right now, and there's like all these things that are that are kind of
0: going forward. The the potential person that you work with um, has expanded since you started, even nine months or almost a year ago. Yeah, Um, that's great. And it's it's an interesting idea of um, how there's a lot of people will just overlook the teenagers. And and the issues that come along with being a teenager, um, and it's good to know that there's people like yourself that are out there, that are actually mm, excited to intervene in a positive way. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty interesting. I I have this ultimate passion other than coaching because it's ultimate passion. Mm-hmm. I love doing research, like actual. Mm actual research where people have like the peer-reviewed mm-hmm. research going on mm-hmm. and we need more of you <laughs> <laughs> and I started doing research on um, adolescent brain development and like what is actually going on because everyone's always talking about how like oh their frontal lobe is not fully developed and it's not you know until you're 25 yeah. and that's even that's that's if you have like the perfect scenario in your life so p- some people are even up to 30 right um, so but it's not just that your frontal lobe is not fully developed. It's what's developing. So literally when, when kids start going into that chemical change of puberty. Mm-hmm. So with girls, it's like nine years old. Right. And boys, it's closer to like 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. But the focus shifts. And this is what is so hard, I think, for parents. The focus was previously on the family unit. Mm-hmm. That is who your people are. That that is how you define yourself. Right. Is this is my mom. This is my dad. This is my family. This an, is who an, we an are.
0: Entire security system. All right. right. Yeah.
1: And then there's this shift where the brain starts growing, and making new connections, mm-hmm. to where their focus is no longer internal and on that family, but external on on their peers, mm-hmm. and that is how and when we learn how to be a good peer, a good friend, mm-hmm. a good partner a good anything with someone else Mm -hmm. is during this time period and so
0: that's why like in sixth grade you might have a class that or a segment of one of your classes that focuses on social interaction and stuff like that because it's now it's it should it generally they're trying to like get it in the general time frame when it's becoming relevant to their to their mind
1: right and and you see a rise in um, sports getting involved in sports teams and doing those types of things and Mm -hmm. there's this because they can connect to this idea of being a team with their peers Mm -hmm. it's a it's a totally different brain process than Mm -hmm. being connected to people you've been around your entire life and that's how that like literally the definition of who they are was their family Mm -hmm. and so now they're trying to figure out who they are Mm
2: -hmm.
1: in definition of the whole world mm-hmm. and everyone around them and you can imagine if you thought about that like as an adult that's a that's a big thing
0: it seems so simple the way you explain it now and as an adult looking at it and being like oh yeah that's just like how you develop and you know and then you think back as to what it feels like right. and you're like god it was so damn confusing
1: <laughs> it though was. you know because you don't know what's going on nobody's explaining these things you know they're not saying they're not no parents are sitting down with their kids no not not. no there are right that are saying these are the things that are going on and this is what's happening and I the extra frustration and all of this stuff that is going on in your body that you just are experiencing for the first time um, and I think that is that's something that I'm so passionate about mm-hmm. and that's like when I talk about the parenting course that's what I want to do is educate parents right to be aware of what's going on with their teenagers and their and their adolescents, so they have the tools to be able to coach them through this time.
0: Right. So it's the tools, and do you run into um, having to um, um, not educate, but re-coach the parents on how to empathize? With, yes. With the 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 teenager, perhaps. Yes. Because it's like it's almost like at some point in the game we lose the ability to emphasize or I'm sorry, empathize with other people because like life gets too busy to be worrying about everybody else besides myself almost. Yes. Like I'm just imagining that that's a common, I'll call it a trap or a rut. Yes. Um, Cause really like it's the ability to empathize with somebody like gives you like superpowers. It's it like, really does. it's <laughs> like you can sell them something you can, you know, help them achieve something, you can make them feel better about something, and it's literally just the skill of imagining what it's like to be them. Mm-hmm. And it's so powerful, and it's really universal.
1: It, it is, absolutely. And funny thing about empathy, something that you have to learn, it's not innate. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's learned very young, actually. You can... My... So we talked earlier, I have two two children, I have an almost two-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old. My three-and-a-half-year-old has so much empathy in her and mm-hmm. I don't like, it's amazing, like mm-hmm. she just gets it. Mm-hmm. But I spent a lot of time talking with her like when she was very little, like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, this so-and-so is sad and this is why they're sad. Mm-hmm. And you're doing a lot of um, sports casting when they get hurt, like, oh, you hurt your finger, that must have been sad, was that scary, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So that's how you learn Right. empathy and not everyone has that skill
0: right uh, do you think some of it's natural I mean I mean out of my four kids one's an infant so she is out of the conversation <laughs> but out of the three that you can have a social interaction with mm-hmm. only one of them I would say is high in the ability to empathize and he's also the one that's um, a linguistic thinker and communicator mm-hmm. so everything with him is a story it's words it's he ha- He can talk about something mm-hmm. and also I can tell that he can empathize with somebody whereas the other two are more into things and not people. Right. And not from a materialistic perspective because they don't ne- hardly even know what that m- would mean. They wouldn't know what that even means. Right. It's just they're interested in like the mechanics of something more than they are of like the way somebody might feel about something.
1: Right. Yeah, it's definitely... I, I-, I do believe that as it attached... At some point to a personality Like it comes easier to certain Personality types mm-hmm. than it does to Other people but there are, there are Legitimately people in this world that just don't know how To empathize and as in a, Trying to teach an adult how to Gain empathy and it's, have to it, show Empathy it is do have hard to Train them yes
0: and I feel I mean if I'm Perfectly honest um, I have not Historically in my life been a good Empathizer Um now you could say, like, well, does that mean you're selfish? It's like, it maybe, but it also could mean you're just simply unaware. Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of just moving through life, looking forward and less around. And then, then you start looking around, mm-hmm. and then it's a big world. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you realize, well, how do I? Maybe you ask the question, how do I get what I want out of this world? Right. It's like, well, usually it's going to be from other people. Right. Do you need knowledge? It's going to come from other people. Like even if it's published somewhere on the internet, it's still <laughs> got put there by somebody. Right. <laughs> um, do you need money? Other people have it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, what do you, do you need love? Do you need support? Do you need encouragement? Do you need teamwork? Do you, like it all comes from other people. So after a while, if you've spent enough time looking around and not just focusing on your immediate self, mm-hmm. um, and even if you ask the selfish que- selfish question of how do I get what I want, you'll realize, well, I need to get it from other people. Yeah. And then it becomes how do you get it from other people? hmm And I can tell you right now, if you don't have the ability to empathize, you're going to be the community asshole. <laughs> because <laughs> you're going to, let's say you try tooth and nail to get what you want out of the world, a.k.a. other people. hmm if you aren't empathizing with them, you're gonna be looking at it in a more selfish way, and it's gonna be everybody's always gonna think of you like all that guy does is take, or he never offers anything or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's probably been like a big. So so then what I guess what I'm saying is when I realized the power of empathy, I became conscious of it, mm-hmm. and I totally agree. Like it's like a learned skill. Yeah. Where it's like, wait a minute, I can come up with all these solutions to any problem if i stop for a minute and think about what it's like to be that person yeah and then so you know even if you have a conflict with your spouse or a coworker, and then you think about what it's like to be them like specifically and consciously mm-hmm. then you could be like well if i was them what would i want and then it's like oh wait so all i have to do is x y and z and that would you know theoretically <laughs> Uh, please that person and and bring them into like a um a position of wanting to enter in some sort of mutual agreement
1: right so let me ask you a question Mm -hmm. when did you have this first thought like how how can i look around and and be more empathetic
0: um it would have been so i was at least 25 Mm -hmm. so i'm 28 now so it happened in the past three years um and it started with something along the lines of how do I get out of um, just being an employee for the rest right. of my life? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the way out of this? Because it's I want, to st- I want to steer the ship. I'm just, I feel it inside that I need to steer the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, so then after that, it became, well, that's great. But, you know, I was at least smart enough to understand I just can't go from the dude who rows the boat the dude who steers the boat like there's a there's a skill um there's a learning curve to get to the point where you're able to do that Mm -hmm. um and so probably i was like 26 or 27 when i when i really started to realize that like any person who's achieved great things didn't do it alone right and that was the main kicker and it was like well if they didn't do it alone That means they did it with other people. And if they did it with other people, it means they harnessed cooperation, Mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. yeah. So, like, probably, I was probably, like, 26 or 27. And then, like, and I'm still working on it. Oh, yeah. Lifetime. Um, Lifetime. It's, like, to the point now where everything I do, you know, even um, as far as, like, getting, like, a guest like yourself on the Mm -hmm. show, um, how do I... I, It's, like, if you don't... If I don't empathize with you as the guest... I can't actually communicate properly to you all the instructions and all the relevant details as to where you need to be here at what time, Mm -hmm. what we're going to talk about, the essence of the show, what to expect. Like, because if I give you all of those tools, you can be here at 10 o'clock and we can start the show on time and everything goes perfect. Right. But if I'm like, oh, they just need to figure it out. Like, it's (laughs) they're responsible for themselves. You know, if they want to be here, they'll be like, you're... You're just cutting off of one of your feet. You know you're, yeah. you're not you're not helping yourself by not helping other people. Like you have to help other people mm-hmm. in order to help yourself. And it's like the way I think about it is it's like co-elevation, right? Um, to to g- have a greater product or something that you would never be able to make by yourself, um, you have to work with somebody to create that product and it'll be like that product will be greater than the sum of the parts of the two people right yeah yeah absolutely so I mean yeah I mean it's in practice now and every day it's like it's the most one of the most useful tools I
1: have absolutely especially when you're when you're not like you said you're not working in a bubble right everything you do and and having a business and running a business it's not in a vacuum. Mm -mm. Like there's other people that have to be part of that. So Mm -hmm. it is a process every day of just learning and growing and that's how we move forward. And that's like what I do Mm -hmm. with with my clients is teaching them how to evaluate their own thoughts and then challenging those thoughts and Mm -hmm. what's gonna get me to where I need to be and how do I do that and that's that's the process.
0: So is there some sort of um could you is would it be possible to like have some sort of mental cuz everything in my mind is visual. So mm-hmm. I think of everything in pictures. It seems Ooh, like Oh, you're one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> so um all, like so I'm thinking of like a pyramid scheme almost like a like a Maslow's hierarchy of needs uh-huh. type pyramid where you know it sounds like the foundation of your relationship with your clients is um getting them to be able their minds to be malleable enough to change their way of thinking so you're not you're not trying to change their thinking right off the bat you're no. trying to like evaluate like can I get you to be willing to look at things in a different way that it seems like that a lot of times might be the first step but I don't know I'm asking
1: that that is a step that even happens before I start coaching someone so mm-hmm. it's it's pretty easy for me to figure out if someone is even the word is coachable right and um, and most people who are seeking coaching mm-hmm. are coachable right the harder part comes when you have family members that are looking for someone who's younger who's not really ready they don't think they need coaching why do I need to be a coach this mm-hmm. like idea right
0: like I'm looking uh, for a coach on behalf of this person that tends right. to not work out well
1: yeah it, it's just a different Uh. I approach things differently in that essence right so if I'm gonna be working with You know, I have a I have a parent reach out and they say, oh, I want you to meet my daughter. She's 14. These are the things that I see that are going on. And I say, okay. well, I need to have a conversation with her. Like, yeah, before I I, I, she has to be on board and Mm -hmm. I have to know that I'm going to be able to work with her.
2: Right.
1: And even beyond what you imagine happens when you're talking to a teenager where they're like, oh, this is stupid. I don't need any help. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you want from me. How am I supposed to know what I need to do? Like, blah, blah, blah. If there is one little nugget of like, oh, okay, I'm a little interested, then that's coachable. If they're interested in finding out more about themselves like and s- how, they, how they can walk through life, mm-hmm. then that's coachable. Mm. If someone is like, I don't need any help, I don't have anything going on. Everything, you don't know anything about me. You don't know about my life.
0: Being super, super defensive. Super
1: defensive and closed off, then okay, no worries.
0: Right. But that being super defensive and closed off is certainly different than just having a hard shell with a soft spot somewhere that you Correct. can. Correct, yeah. That, mm-hmm. uh, or like a, an interest button.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I, at one point in time I was, I was doing, in one of my jobs, I was, uh, there was some sort of like high school um field trip where they they came into the office and we were showing them what we do and how we make this and that and most 80% of the kids were like just doing it because <laughs> they didn't have to sit in the classroom anymore right. right so you're like okay well you're obviously disinterested in this um and it was interesting and I know exactly what you're talking about I was able to grab the interest of like let's say 3 um of the students who showed up super disinterested mm-hmm. but something i said in my presentation along the way was enough to get them to like raise an eyebrow and be like right. what was that you just said right
2: mm-hmm.
0: what was that no go back go back what what was that thing you just said and it was like oh okay oh now you're interested huh you know and it's like then i you know talk a little bit more about it and they're like yeah uh-huh tell me more mm-hmm. you know and so it's hard because you're never gonna know where that interest button is until you find it mm-hmm but they'll let you know
1: oh yeah for sure i mean let's let's talk about when i worked at this level 14 subacute psychiatric care facility Mm -hmm. for four years i was the intake coordinator and what that meant is the county sent me all the paperwork and we're talking like inches of papers that i would have to read and i would decide who i want to interview and then i would go and interview the child And our rule was we didn't take anyone into our facility without them saying they wanted to come. Okay. Now imagine walking into a juvenile hall and you're sitting across from a kid who's been sitting in juvenile hall for six months Mm -hmm. who just has no interest in anything because nobody has shown any interest in them and getting them to agree to go live in a group home with staff that we're going to tell them what to do all day long zero freedom can't mm-hmm. go anywhere by yourself you need to work hard and behave and mm-hmm. now get them to say yes to that
0: is it arguably less boring <laughs> i mean i don't know i've never been i didn't go to juvenile hall when i was a teenager like so it, i mean, i'm assuming it's a hard sell then
2: but it is but,
1: it's a very hard sell and and what that's where i know like me being a youth life coach mm-hmm. is about me Filling this position in life, in mm-hmm. the universe, mm-hmm. where I have this ability to talk to someone mm-hmm. for a very short period of time, have this much information about who they are, and I can see what it is that they need mm-hmm. in order to buy into themselves.
0: Right. Okay. So that's really, so it sounds like that's, excuse me, like a really important point. Get, um, getting your your clients to buy into themselves.
1: That's the whole purpose. The whole purpose is if you aren't interested in being the best you, mm-hmm. then you're not interested in, in anything Yeah, it, because you are the thing that is going with you everywhere. Right. And if you want to be the best at that, mm-hmm. then you have to be the best at being you.
0: Right. So then, so uh, you're coaching on self-awareness too, I'm assuming. It's- At some point, or or you're maybe helping them with self
1: so it's kind of like imagine the process of doing this podcast where you start talking and new things come out and you have this even just talking about something that you do Mm -hmm. and you're like oh this is a new interesting way to think about this situation Mm -hmm. like your exploration of how empathy Mm -hmm. came into your life Mm
2: -hmm.
1: speaking out loud changes the thought process and the thought patterns Mm
0: -hmm. I concur
1: so when I am working with a client I'm just asking very specific questions. Okay. And then they're coming up with like okay, this is how I think about this, this is why I think this, and then I'm just challenging those.
0: It's like guided mental stimulation.
1: Yes. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Guided mental stimulation. Well,
0: the that on steroids is Tony Robbins. Right. I mean, <laughs> he's not he's not there to solve your problems. Right. He's there to show you to ask the question. And to find your potential. To find your potential, and then you've got to do the work.
1: Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't offer advice. I don't mm-hmm. tell people what to do. That's not what a coach. That's not what their job is. A mm-hmm. coach is there to support you through this own exploration of everything that you already have inside of you. Mm-hmm. But there is something that is stopping you. I'm a big believer in our scripts, mm-hmm. um, self talk, our our self talk, okay. our self script. How how we are changing our own perspective of reality
0: i love that that's like everything in my life
1: yeah
2: <laughs>
0: no it really is it, it, i mean it's um pers- like on a personal level i the way i look at life is that if you're not trying to be the best version of yourself because that's hardly definable it's oh yeah there is no
1: definition of that b-
0: but it's a it, it that's why people say it's the journey mm-hmm. right um because there is no actual end. It's You end up where you end up. There is no, it's not like plugging into something, find like, oh, there it is. Right. It's like, no, th- it's just things play out in real time, mm-hmm. but you just get to steer the direction.
1: Right, and yeah. you get to have control of that. You don't right. get, you don't, so I have, I have a client that I'm working with right now who has a lot of, uh, her internal dialogue is very negative because mm-hmm. People have said a lot of negative things to her and she, because she doesn't have this core value of who she is, mm-hmm. that's what her value has become is this negative things in her head and being able to just have her question those thought processes and replace them with something that is more helpful. Mm-hmm. She has already grown leaps and bounds mm-hmm. into feeling better about herself and being in this world.
0: I would love, um, so t- you know, what? In, like so what I hear right there is just like g- substantial progress right yeah yeah and I'm I it's so interesting Um, so if you maybe just started the business aspect of this a year ago you know it would be so interesting to talk to you five years from now oh, yeah or seven years from now and be like do you have any clients that you still have conversations with mm-hmm. like maybe they're a client or not a client still but either way like still in contact with and quote unquote coaching in some capacity right and it's like that would be such an epic thing to watch it kind of like raising a child yeah
1: mm-hmm. but
0: but not you different different but um still is beautiful
1: yes absolutely yeah I've been informally coaching most of the people in my life for most of my life and that's you. and that's been yeah, <laughs> being able to watch that and watch the growth and and um, you know it's it's more difficult especially when you're very close to them like family or, or best friends because when you're talking to them it's, it's not in this professional situation mm-hmm. but to be able to watch how their thought processes mm-hmm. have changed over the past decade
2: mm-hmm. and
1: knowing that it was the times that I have spent with them really challenging mm-hmm. their thoughts and mm-hmm. why they're doing certain things the way they're doing them, and being able to see that growth is absolutely amazing, um, and it fills my soul. <laughs> well, <laughs> so,
0: so yeah, I, and, and now I'm I'm imagining in my life where that something like that has happened, and it's like, well, my wife and I mm-hmm. um, would be each other's coach, you know, we're each other's life coach, right? A, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and we've been married seven years, and so. Like, seven years is, in my life, a long long time. time. Like, seven years is a different era. Mm -hmm. And we talk about this all the time. And I, I tell her, I'm like, Anna, you know, you have... You're the same person, but you have grown so much in the past seven years. And it's, like, really amazing to watch. And you think about things... Um, not necessarily differently, but in a more, it, um, not, it's like mature is not a good enough word. Mm-hmm. Um, m- um, and like if you had levels to your abilities, just so many levels greater, right. I, I don't have a better She's way leveling
1: say. up, leveling up. Yeah. It's like you still stay
0: in your personality, you still stay in your, your modes of thinking and mm-hmm. everything, but, um, not you're able to get over the obstacles so much easier and yeah and, at, and and there's so many walls that have been torn down that didn't need to be there mm-hmm. and and then she'll say the same thing and she's like yeah no it's I mean it what you're saying to me is the same way that I think about you, you right know? and you know I think all as a as a as a person you know as a human it's like that's that's all you can really do yeah you can only just try to be better than you were yesterday
1: yeah absolutely and I think for for you guys Um, having a a large family having a lot of kids raising being in charge of other people's lives Mm -hmm. there's two things that you can do you can shut down Mm -hmm. or you can grow because there's like there's nothing else (laughs) it's all
0: it's you hear a lot of people um in the entrepreneurship psychology you know advice space talk about you have to do hard things all the time Mm -hmm. otherwise you won't grow like the doing like some people will actually artificially impose difficulty into their life absolutely just to stimulate um performance-hmm right yes and so that might come in the form of like I signed up for a, a, a coaching program that's like a little bit expensive but like now it, they call it it's like um uh, a, 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 some it's like commitment it's like subconscious commitment
2: mm-hmm.
1: where
0: you're like well now I have to make I have to really soak in this program Yeah Right oh, maybe And in, in maybe the one you went through Wasn't like that But you were just so into it That it didn't matter mm-hmm. You were going to do it Yeah um, But there's also like Programs where uh, they, You know they're just made up programs Like oh you have to run this many miles every day You know do this many crunchies Get up at this hour And right. we, like collectively put it all together And you have to do this for a fiscal quarter And it's just like difficulty artificially being imposed in your life to build mental toughness. Right. It's like hacking the brain. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but that's, that's kind of like in a different area of coaching, obviously that you exist in.
1: Right. So there's something similar that I use a lot in my coaching and it's called acceptance and commitment. I use the word training, but it's an actual therapy program Mm -hmm. where what you're doing is just accepting that your brain thinks. And you don't have to commit to every thought. Mm -hmm. So you're you're saying, okay, I'm thinking this thought. Is it helpful or is it harmful? Right. Do I need to even put attention on what my brain is thinking? Because our brains, that's what they do. That's all they do. I feel like all day long.
0: I I think in my sleep sometimes. Oh,
1: everybody does. You know? Yeah, everybody does. Because your brain doesn't ever stop creating things mm-hmm. and that's all that it that is going on mm-hmm. so and from our thoughts is how we get our feelings and how you know like it's how we attach to the thought that creates the action does that make sense
0: yeah yeah because um, y- your thoughts are always firing they're they're almost like the the messages that are going from neuron to neuron or from like node to node if there's it's always buzzing yes but when, when something fires and clicks, you're gonna have a, I, I call it an emotional reaction to it. Right. Right. So, and it could be mi- minute, smaller than you could ever measure the emotional reaction. And that's, in my mind, that's what I think of like subconscious.
1: So here's, here is the cool challenging thing mm-hmm. that I love about the brain. That little automatic emotional response is an actual act that your brain does. Mm. you cannot have automatic emotional responses other than that stimulated by fear the the fight flight freeze Mm -hmm. those base brain reactions
0: right because you have same situation different reaction
1: right yeah so everything beyond that that fear reaction Mm -hmm. that fear response is coming from our base brain okay you're actually making the decision it's just happening real quick But these are learned patterns.
0: Right. So a fear-based reaction is um, automatic. Automatic. And then everything else is extremely fast-trained decision-making. Correct. That's fascinating. (laughs) And I can see it. Yeah. Like, Can you imagine the species trying to move forward without an automatic fear reaction?
1: Right. Yeah. And there's so, there's so much amazing science that goes into just studying that, that my brain can't even like wrap around it.
0: But right. In another life, you'd be happy to be like a a neuroscientist or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If
1: I, if I had endless money and resources, I would just be a student for the rest of my life. And all I would do is just study, 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 study. Yeah, I could do that too. (laughs) Because it's so fascinating. Our brains are these magical machines that we don't really know a lot about yet. We're still learning the fascinating thing that I learned. um, Maybe it's not fascinating for everybody, but, um, the actual studies of the adolescent brain development have only been going on for the past 10 years in, in the study of like research and, and brain waves and brain imaging, Mm -hmm. that's like five seconds in, in like everything else we've studied. Right. And at best, at, right. <laughs>
0: that started yesterday.
1: <laughs> so, so it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, to not, we all of us are walking around with a brain in our head, and all of us are having this experience of being a human, mm-hmm. but we don't really know why or what's going on and how we are learning different things. Right. And a lot of people don't even understand this concept that our emotions are not automatic. Mm. They are learned from previous experiences. Our brains liked to group things together. And so when you have experiences throughout your entire life,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and especially when you're young, people are telling you how to feel about that. They're right. like, oh, d- don't worry about that. That's not important. And you're like, okay, I'm not worrying about that. That's not important. And then when you get older, more things get put into that box. Okay, mm-hmm. these things aren't important. I don't have to worry about that. And then you don't worry about them. You
0: start things. categorizing information. Um, it's, it's almost like you're you you you're categorizing these things and organizing them in your brain to make better use of your ability to choose which reaction you're going to have to something Correct. To, to make it more efficient.
1: It's, it is all about efficiency. So yeah. I love to use um, little, little kids, babies, mm-hmm. trying to learn how to walk.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We all walk. Mm-hmm. It's just a normal process. Mm-hmm. It's because our brains have been able to just have that memory where we don't have to think about it anymore we're still having the thoughts Mm -hmm. we're still having to send all the signals and all that kind of stuff but it's it's in its little package Mm -hmm. and that's where it lives Mm -hmm. and that's just accessed
0: right so that explains I mean it really does explain a lot um in terms of like growing a business so yeah um I so the way Charlie and I operate I'm I'm like the dude who's like always pushing forward and it's just like that might be frustrating to somebody. Like, can't we just do one thing and stick to it for a while? <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, we are, but but it's the pattern is, if you're gonna choose to do something new, fine, but get it tightened down to where it's a system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, once it's a system, we need to figure out how to delegate, um, the maintenance of that system to somebody else, so that we can move on to the next level of our business. Right. Right. but you have to put in the the upfront energy you have to invest that to build the system and to make sure okay this works so long as the person maintaining it maintains it right and then you can tell de- and then or even if you're doing it yourself for a while because you maybe you don't have the resources to delegate it yet mm-hmm. um, it it explains why you're able to master a new skill get it on lock and then work on another one and then a few years later you're 10 20 levels deeper mm-hmm Um, I think it's almost like learning math right yeah you start with basic arithmetic and then and then you move on to uh more complicated arithmetic then you move on to basic algebra then you move on to intermediate and advanced algebra and geometry and Mm -hmm. then by the like at some point in time if you keep going you're like you've done all the calculus classes and you but that all can you imagine if like those basic level those basic levels of math had to be um practiced to be maintained rather than simply remembered how to do them right and yeah. it's like you could never jump from nothing to calculus three right mm-hmm. and it it, it, it's just, it seems like a super efficient you know design you know
1: yeah, So, and that's how we learn how to do basically everything in our yeah. lives and it, this is a hot button like word but our that's how we set up uh, personal emotional biases is just through experiences that we are having in life. Our brains just love to organize things. Mm-hmm. It, that's how we keep everything together. It's how we access everything. And so you just naturally have biases towards different things. That's not saying that there is a bias with an emotional attachment,
2: right. but
1: you're you're boxing things up into different categories because that's how your brain mm-hmm. Does things that's how it keeps it everything Clear and simple and Easily accessed mm-hmm. and It's when we Emotionally Spiritually mm-hmm. sorry good. Good. <laughs> Attach an so, some Sort of emotion to that category mm-hmm. That's that's when You've made a choice right okay That's you're making that choice And it's not necessarily like oh I Today I choose mm-hmm. to be happy I love people who say that because that's it works for some people and doesn't work for other people like well You just have to fake it till you make it smile yeah. And I'm like no, it doesn't work for everybody like mm-hmm. then. I'm just faking it and mm-hmm. then I just feel like I'm fake <laughs> Like that's right. it. so it's What I do in coaching is get down to like that base thing mm-hmm. where you're really Evaluating every thought that is like mm-hmm. okay. I'm being presented with this thought mm-hmm what do i want to do with it right you're gonna okay so that takes slowing down oh yes this is where we get into mindfulness mm-hmm. and um i'm horrible at meditation absolutely horrible at it i cannot sit still and be still i have too much going on all the time buzzing but buzzing yes yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so when you talk about being mindful hmm when I talk about being mindful, it's really just like, okay, whatever is right in front of me at this very moment is what I'm gonna be focusing on. Mm-hmm. Like I am sitting here with you in this room. I am not thinking about what I'm doing later or mm-hmm. tomorrow or next week. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about what I did yesterday. Mm-hmm. Because I, if I was doing all of those things, I would not be able to physically engage at this level.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I would be distracted. Something sure. else would be going on. Yeah,
0: phones buzzing, emails coming in. Uh, right family members asking for favors Yeah, (laughs) children needing food yes yes
1: yeah i i i listened to another interview that i did Mm -hmm. um, a while back and i can hear my kids in the background right i'm just like this is really interesting yeah but i you know i i was there i was focused and i wasn't trying to be present in another realm right so I, I wasn't even aware that that was going on when I was doing the interview right.
0: now some people don't have um, they have trouble with that oh I you know what I mean
1: I am that person okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I go into a situation and this is part of um, I, I try to think of it as a superpower and mm-hmm. it's I know it's one of the reasons why I'm such a good coach because mm-hmm. I see and feel everything mm-hmm. but I can't turn it off Okay. When I'm when I'm in a highly stimulated environment, I am like overwhelmed. Oh yeah.
0: So it's like you're like a highly sensitive. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that not and that's not saying, you know, if you're listening to this right now, it's not. I'm not saying that. In other words, like everything I'm going to say is going to offend Jennifer. It's right. that she's <laughs> she has a lot of feelers out there. I have a and lot senses of feelers. A lot of things. Mm-hmm. So she's yeah. highly sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, so next question. I had one question floating. Okay. Um, you're, you're talking about uh, the mental boxes. Yes. Um, is, I would imagine part of your coaching could be um, coaching people through the concept that the boxes don't have to be permanent. They can be, f- f- you can put things in different boxes mm-hmm. or make it so that the boxes can be torn down and the contents can be worked with fluidly. Now, you can't, if our brains don't literally work like that, then you can't literally do that. But it's the idea of, can you coach
1: openness? Right. And yes. So I use boxes as just like, um, another great example is card catalogs. Are you old enough to know what a card catalog is? Mm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't even
0: think I've ever heard that word before. Are you serious? Card catalog. Card
1: catalog at libraries? Have you ever been inside of a library?
0: Yeah.
2: Card card ca-
1: catalogs. Before there was computers, we had big boxes that were filing cabinets okay. that had little index cards. Oh my gosh. With the names of the books, of the books that. and the aisle where you could find it. And had all the bibliography information on there for when you were hand writing out your bibliographies when you were doing your research papers. It was
0: a paper version of a database. Yes.
1: So that's what that's what our brains are. Wow. So we have that in there. Right. Right, So
0: the indexing.
1: The indexing. So when you talk about coaching openness, it's not changing the boxing system it's not Mm -hmm. changing the categorizing system it is changing the emotional reaction that we put on that system
0: right like index folder xyz you don't have to have a negative reaction to that correct yeah now you it's not to say like you were mentioned earlier you can't just say we'll just be happy yeah it's like okay what what yeah (laughs) it's like just (laughs) hit the ball it's like learning to walk yeah so it's like a it's like a you can't just say, "Hey, just walk." It's just like, walk. No, um, you have to really, really try, and focus on the positive aspects of this, and try to try to look at. I don't know. This. And
1: even differently, if you if you really look at it, and you guys have lots of kids, so it's really mm-hmm. easy for you to access this. Learning to walk starts with learning how to roll over. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you have to go back to the very beginning and figure out why it's there. Mm-hmm. Walking requires so much awareness of your body.
0: Coordination. Coordination. Yep.
1: And what is a baby learning when they're learning how to roll over?
0: Just the first bits of coordination.
1: Right. That's that's like, when learning how that's to just walk just shifting
0: starts. weight around almost. Yeah. And, so, and then they graduate to like shifting their weight and pushing so they can do it faster
1: right yeah Whatever. and then there's the scooting and the crawling and Mm -hmm. the pulling themselves up and the standing and then you get into oh I can move my feet while I do this and control my body because here's another fascinating thing Mm -hmm. uh, love research again Mm -hmm. if you take a newborn baby okay newborn like hours old and you stick them in a pool of water they will walk
0: like, they'll, per, they'll move their legs. They will move
1: their legs in a perfect walking motion. If you put them, like, if you put a treadmill underneath in their feet. Right. They, it's just that babies can't support their body. They right. don't have the full control right. over all of the different aspects.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, the but walking body, motion, know, they know what that is.
0: Right. But as humans, we, and we have the, the mechanical design. Correct. Where it's like, yeah, if you're going to exert energy physically but you don't have the coordination and support to to, to walk you put you put, get put in a weightless environment mm-hmm. um it'll be pretty natural for you to exert your energy and it'll be in like a walking format yeah
1: yeah so again yeah. brains are magic so
0: it's everything <laughs> so if i'm going to like tie everything we've talked about so far yeah. in, into one little bundle it's that everything is like working a muscle it's your mind it's your body it's your emotional, uh, your capacity to appropriately emotionally respond to different situations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think about like, if you like submit a, like if we submit a proposal to, to, um, to a, a potential client and it gets rejected, it's like, um, you know, when that's happened in the past, I've called up Charlie and been like, Hey, uh, they went with somebody else, but, um, let's look at it this way. We've, just in doing like this particular proposal, we've learned X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And now we can apply that to next time. And we've also like acquired A, B, and C, you know? And so then we, that's literally all we focus on is the positives. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Hey, is it a bummer that we didn't uh, get that contract? Well, of course it's a bummer. Like you want the contract, but but really, if you actually really want the contract, you're not going to focus on the negatives. You're going to focus on how to get the goddamn contract next time.
1: Yes. Yeah. that We didn't even talk about my foray into becoming an entrepreneur and starting a business and how I have zero experience in doing all of that. Mm-hmm. That has been the hardest thing for me. And I've taken a lot of courses with other coaches mm-hmm. to train and teach myself. Mm-hmm. How to go beyond that. Mm-hmm. The fear, the fear mm-hmm. of rejection, the fear of failing, the fear of not doing it right this one time. The f- mm-hmm. Like if I'm so afraid to make an offer to someone,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I will never get a client.
0: That's right. And that's a big one. So <laughs> yeah, I, mm, Who was I talking? I was on a webinar um, yesterday. At lunchtime, like a lunch webinar, mm-hmm. like a free lunch webinar with a, a, business coach that I know, and um, I I, he's like Nick. Just type in the chat one thing that you've been hyper aware of uh, this past week that is like a good learned lesson, and mine was, hey, if you have something good to offer, like objectively, you objectively, or that doesn't actually make sense. Um, it's as close to objectively good as you could get. Right? Mm-hmm. So in your opinion, it's like, this is a really good offer. It's your duty to call the person up who that applies to and make them the offer.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You're not calling them up, selling them. You sell right. them, the, you, you give them the offer. And then after they say, okay, yeah, I'd be interested to hear more then you sell them. Right. And, and it doesn't have to be slimy. Right. The other thing is making an offer is making an offer. You're what, by making an offer, you're saying, Hey, I'd like to help you in this way you can take it or leave it right you don't have to say it word for word like that yeah but you're you're really actually offering to help them yes and if they if they're interested now you have a guilt-free sales opportunity
1: yes absolutely
0: right so it's like start coming up with some good offers like come up with something valuable for somebody specific and honestly truly in your heart feel like you're going to help this person if they agree to the turn to the agreement yeah um Then you it's now your duty because it's like okay if you want to get really meta it's like what's the point of life if you're not helping other people right right
1: yeah that is that is exactly how I had to learn how to approach getting new clients mm -hmm. and and either reaching out to them or when they reach out to me and not being stuck in a I'm gonna do it this specific way and I have to make it happen just like this and this it's just nope I have something that you. could benefit from. Mm-hmm. Let's see if if this works for the both of us. Right. Is this going to be mutually beneficial? Right. Do you do we e- should we even work together? Kind right. of thing. Like I don't go into uh, meeting someone new. Just always assuming that this is going to be right, and I have to get this client. Right. Um, it's just here it is. Here's my offer. Here's who I am. Here's what I do. Mm-hmm. Is this in line with what you want? Mm-hmm. And then we move forward or we don't. And it's
0: even stronger if you happen to be able to somewhat accurately assume what their pain point is. Yes. Right. So that worked out really well for us recently. Um, it was like, hey, we need uh, X and the, 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 the other person um, w- from an outside view. We are mm-hmm. like, well, it really seems like they need Y. Mm-hmm. That's an assumption, but it seems accurate let's call him up and see if he really needs why right and that's part of the offer that's about, it's like it, that's how you get their interest it, mm-hmm. you know based on our assessment it looks like you ex you know you need you need why is this true or are we mistaken mm-hmm. and it's like no actually you're spot on yeah right you have to be able to trust yourself a little bit
1: you do and that, i think that's one thing that i really had to learn is i i am not the right coach for everybody mm-hmm I'm not. I'm I'm really blunt. I can be really harsh sometimes. I curse. Like there's all these things mm-hmm. that are not going to be in line with someone else. And that's important. It's important for me to be able to present me as me. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a lie. Like I'm not trying to lie to people.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, how and long say, is that going to last?
1: Right, very short period of time. Right. And I think a lot of people have a hard time with that. Being able to be so in tune with being okay with just being who they are mm-hmm. and being okay that not everyone is going to be on board with it.
0: And I think a person's ability to do this, that is also a practiced
1: oh, skill. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, it's like you become aware of the fact that you need to work on yourself, you know, and then, mm-hmm. then you start practicing and it's like, okay, now we can start making some good It,
1: it always starts with awareness. Always. Yeah. I I've, I've worked with multiple clients of mine where they have like this thing they want to stop doing and it's like, well... Just be aware of it. Mm-hmm. We're like, what? Yeah,
0: start with awareness. Right. I T- had take note of every time you think this thought or feel that feeling. Yeah. Ta- don't, just take note, tally don't, it. Maybe. Don't
1: change it. Yeah. Don't don't try to change anything. Just make a note of how often you're doing it and when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then we can talk about that. And then you, we can talk about you like what you think it's coming mm-hmm. from, where you think it's coming from, People- how you could change. Yeah.
0: People are really impressive too. Like if you did that on, like, like if you had a Friday rotation where every Friday you talk to this, this client by the next Friday, after assigning them that, let's say, um, that's their assignment
2: mm-hmm.
0: by next we call it homework, f- homework. Yeah. <laughs> this, literally seven days later, you'll get on that coaching call and they'll be like, wow, you know what? I just, by the end of like, t- like two days, I realized how much I was doing this. And this whole past week, I've been practicing." something else that's helping me get away from it. Yeah. And you're like, "Whoa, you just went like five steps by yourself."
1: Yeah. Yeah. Be- because you we all have that ability. Yeah. We just don't know how to tap into it. Hmm. And that's what I do as a coach. I just help my clients tap into what they already have access to. Yeah. And then help them keep that going. Right. That forward motion.
0: I feel like every convincing coach I've ever talked to explains it that way yeah (laughs) ever yes it's it's just like assisted discovery
1: yes absolutely I mean if you think about what a football coach does Mm -hmm. the football coach is not going out on the field and and doing the thing for them Mm -hmm. they're having to talk them through okay try this out try this out they're looking for what their strengths are and then putting them in a place where they can really highlight those strengths Mm -hmm. that's what I'm doing but I'm just doing it for your mind right
0: right That's amazing. And I guess, uh, let, let's go for like another five or 10 minutes and, and, and just to like, um, just to do touch on some business notes, like just where do you get most of your clients? Are they referrals? Do they come from, you know, um, People you know like it seems like an almost impossible thing to prospect for <laughs>
1: um, there are ways to prospect so I, I have a really good mix right now so I have two of my clients I've known for a while mm-hmm. um, and just me we having a random conversation and being like hey you know I I do coaching like would mm-hmm. you be interested um, I can see how it would help you in this area and then right. then they say yes I have one client that I got there is a like online catalog of coaches. It's called Numi.com. Okay. And they have people write in and say, This is what I need. Mm-hmm. And then they present that information to us. And if we're interested, we can.
0: So it's like, that's like kind of like freelance style.
1: It is. It's getting... a little freelance, but mm-hmm. then they choose, Numi chooses out of the people who have said, Yeah, I'd like to work with these people, who would be the best match. Oh. And then it's up to us to contact them and then get them on board with us so
0: they're doing a little bit of pairing
1: a little bit of pairing yeah, yeah. so and then the other way that I've gotten clients is from Facebook I see someone mm-hmm. like they talk about something and I'm and I feel moved mm-hmm. to help them right and I message them and I say hey I heard about this I'd right. really, I'm would I'm a life coach I'd really love to just chat and see if there's something that I might be able to help you with right away right. or if we might might work together
0: right that that's just keeping your eyes open yes yeah that's, that's a, a useful one too.
1: Yeah. So I also daylight at, um, I am the office manager at Hill Chiropractic and Sports Therapy. Mm-hmm. And I talk, I talk to people all day. Right. Like, and it's just that like talking to people. I've never heard people, the word daylighting. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm learning so much about the, the cultural gap of our ages and I yeah. love it.
0: Oh, between, what do you say? 37? I'm 37. 37 and 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so like yeah ni- uh, 92 and 83. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I could see there there's some
1: There's there's a lot. It's very yeah, it's I've definitely very heard interesting. Of,
0: like moonlighting for sure. Yeah, daylighting. But, but it, that's funny. Uh
1: so I work there um during the day and I'm just talking to people and learning about their lives and you know the struggles and anytime I f- I feel like there's a spot where I could be helpful, then mm-hmm. I will be helpful. Like right. even just in that moment. Right. Like, oh, well, have you thought about it in this way or thought about this
0: yeah that's like called being in alignment with yourself yeah And be like every waking moment I'm here to do what I was meant to do right whether or not you're my client or not like
1: exactly I can
0: still help you
1: exactly yeah so and that's here's a really good point on that end and I learned a lot of this there is this amazing coach um, his name is Steve Chandler mm-hmm. he has a whole business the whole business is not teaching you how to be a coach but mm-hmm. teaching you how to build a business as a coach right and right. he said in one of his books he wrote don't make it hard for someone to work with you
2: hmm
1: and I was like ah oh, permission right I was just I just got permission mm-hmm to just be who I am at all times and coach whenever I feel like that is appropriate for the person on the receiving end of that. Mm-hmm. And being in that alignment, as you said,
2: mm-hmm.
1: has allowed me to exponentially grow my business.
0: It's really that I would imagine why. And it's, it's, it's from a mechanics perspective, it's like almost paradoxal. So like you could start by, hey, pick your niche and say no to everything that's not that. right. Mm-hmm. But then you could also say, don't make it hard for somebody to hire you. But then at some point that gives you the actual context to, to properly say no when it's not a good match. Because right. Because you figure out really quick, like you need clients and you need interaction, More, not just clients. You need interactions to figure out who your niche is really going to be. Yes. Right. You can't
1: pre-prescribe that right per se exactly and and that's another thing that i do is this like don't make it so hard for people to work with you is i will work for free mm-hmm. with someone just to figure it out right like just to figure out if this is even the right place i've been in multiple conversations with a woman in oregon who found me through my website which mm-hmm. is always fun because mm-hmm. i worked really hard on my website right um, and she and i have talked numerous times we've texted back and forth we've sent multiple emails i'm not in a contract with this woman Mm -hmm. and i i probably won't enter in one with her if she wanted coaching right but i would with her granddaughter right because she's not really i couldn't coach around the things that she would need the coaching on right that's not my forte right um but I will still work with her, and I will still help in any way that I can.
0: it's it's also relationship building, oh, for sure. as to the point where it's like, would you be would you consider coaching my granddaughter? Well, sure, you're the one that brought it up. let's Let's look at that possibility. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. And her granddaughter's not on board yet and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just keeping those, yeah, those like, well, lines I'm, of communication open. I'm,
0: I'm I'm open to it if she ever is,
1: yes, yeah. And it's really interesting. I think about this sometimes. We went through a whole generation of, you know, the dot com era mm-hmm. where everything was everything's online, nothing is personal anymore, mm-hmm. and all of that kind of crashed. And even though we still have like everything is out there, it's mm-hmm. online, we're, you know, doing a podcast mm-hmm. instead of like a TV show or whatever, mm-hmm. the personal interaction that everyone is having and that personal feedback, the personal references—that's mm-hmm. coming back stronger than yeah. it has been in a long time. Yeah,
0: it's like and when we started our meetup; it was like kind of perfect. Yeah. Um, in 2018, it was almost like, whoa, this in-person thing is huge. Like social media marketing has been huge, but yeah, if you if you can it right with, let's say, seminars or meetups or podcast, like, um, you know, because technically this is networking. Yeah. If It hasn't always been, but since this is the first time we've met, like, okay, bink,
1: you know, (laughs) new connection, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's what it's, that's what I am trying to approach my business and being an entrepreneur like, Mm -hmm. and I talked about fear of failing. I have redefined what failing is and it's not that I don't get it right this one time. Mm -hmm. It is only failure when I give up. it is only failure when I'm like not gonna do this anymore this is not happening and that's just not an option for me because Mm -hmm. this is who I am so I can't fail at being a coach if I have one client Mm -hmm. I'm not failing right like that's winning
2: right so
1: yeah
0: yeah. it's 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 so amazing how perhaps 30 or 40 years ago this way of thinking in business was like held secret yeah And now it's just like widespread. Like if you want to be an entrepreneur, you're free to try it and you're not, I mean, maybe some people will look at you sideways, but probably not like 30 or 40 years ago where it's like, why, what are you doing? Right. Like, what is all this nonsense stuff (laughs) that you're talking about? Just get the, go get your paycheck. Yeah. Not complicated guy. You know, so
1: and on on that end, my husband works for UPS and he's worked mm-hmm. for UPS since he was nineteen years old and his whole purpose of taking that job was to have a good retirement and right. good health benefits, which right. I reap all the time. And I love that. Sure. And that's his that's how he has decided he lives his life. Mm-hmm. He works twenty to thirty hours a week, he's able to support our family mm-hmm. and he gets to spend all that other time. You know, he spends more time with our daughters than I do, like one on one. He loves caring for them. He likes, you know, to be outdoors. That's where he finds his passion Mm -hmm. in life. Right, And I think that's also amazing. I think that there are some people that are fit for that rather than trying to go out and be an entrepreneur. Yes. I I tried before to start other businesses, but mm-hmm. I was not in, totally 100% invested in it, mm-hmm. and I am not someone who is motivated by making money. Like right. that's just not on my motivation level.
0: Yeah, it's not it's it's it could be used as a motiva- motivator, but it's really not the best one.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's some people that are super motivated. People who right. are like hardcore sales. Right. They are motivated by making money.
0: Yeah yeah some of them are positioned that way though it's like they actually won't make a dime right If you know and it's like okay that's pretty that becomes an extreme example yeah which is like no it's necessary to get somebody to buy something yeah but um i think uh we should wrap it up yeah and i'm really appreciative that you uh came on the show and took us on a journey of the mind (laughs) and um you know I, i really just by hearing you talk about you know all of that i think um it, it really is evident that you're fit as you're you're made to be a, a life coach yeah absolutely yeah.
1: and and yeah. for for anyone who's listening who is you know older mm-hmm. I'm I'm not considered young in like starting a business I'm, right. I'm 37 years old and I'm just starting this out hmm and that shouldn't stop anybody, right? If like you're the
0: twenty-year-old life coach is—is is that what kind of what you're like? I I'm just not mean, that.
1: I I just mean like if someone's thinking like, oh, I'm in my forties, I can't, oh. I can't just like start from the ground up. Sure, you can. Yeah, right. If you have something that is just so aligned with who you are, mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Find a way to make it happen.
0: Yep, absolutely. Well, how can people find you online?
1: I have my website. Mm-hmm. It's jenniferbutlerlc as in lifecoach.com. Okay. Um, that's the perfect way. All of my links are on there. I'm on Facebook, Jennifer Butler LC. I am on uh, sort of on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Occasionally I'm there as Youth Coach Jen Jen with two N's. Perfect. So, yeah. All
0: right. Awesome. Thank you for being on the show.
1: Absolutely, thank you. Awesome.
0: Let's do it. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, everyone. If you liked the episode today, be sure to subscribe to keep us in your podcast lineup. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or sponsoring the show, reach out to us at auburnbusinessventures.com.